What is up, Doe? Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show. We discuss a team no longer with the worst NBA social media player in Gary Neal, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is August 3rd, 2016. Did you miss me? I know you did. I did miss talking to all of you. Happy August, everyone. July flew by. Hope everyone enjoyed the middle month of your summer. I've been up in New York for a couple weekends, kicked it with the fam, took my dad and nephew up to the Big Apple for the first time, Central Park, Empire State Building, 9-11 Memorial, Yankees game, it was packed. The next weekend, a little bit different, went over with my friends to the Panorama Music Festival, saw Kendrick Lamar crush it, LCD sound system was incredible, Sia was amazing, go see her show, it is something I've never seen before, ever. Just like performance art with her in the back, singing songs with a bow on her head. Uh, also some other good bands, Foles, Blood Orange, Run the Jewels. Very cool experience there on Randall's Island up in New York City. But enough about our friends to the north. Let's talk about those Washington Wizards. Yes, an update. Where are we at now? Last I talked to you, they were still in the Summer League. That is over. They lost the Bulls. I watched the game. Ubre kind of struggled. Not really much to report. Decent summer league turnout for the Wiz. I don't know how much we can really take from it as well. Me and Jake get a little bit into this on this podcast, which is part two of my conversation with Jake Whitaker. Hopefully you've checked out part one. There's some good stuff on there. Other Wizards news, little housekeeping. Aaron White has signed with Russia, so he will not be in training camp with the Wizards. They still have his rights. Ellen Anderson has just signed with the LA Clippers. So on a minimum deal, so the Wizards still have a $2.9 million exception. So Alan Anderson surprisingly took less money than that. So the Wizards obviously did not want to bring him back for that number. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't maybe take him over Marcus Thornton, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I went to Badly Bill's contract uh, press conference last week. I have a big piece that I'm working on to write about. Uh, Kyle does not know about this yet because I'm a slacker on truthaboutit.net. You know, a little writer's block, a little complacency. But yes, that hopefully he'll be done soon. I got some interviews with his brother, both of his brothers, uh, his best friend. I'm hoping to also mash that up uh, for a podcast. Some of his interviews are very interesting. Gary Neal gave interview recently. Still looking for a job in the NBA. Still recovering from a torn labrum. The one part that I thought was the takeaway was him talking about the Wizards' team doctors could not find his injury, and it took months later to his own personal doctor found uh, his ailment, which is very concerning that the Wizards' medical officials could not figure out what was wrong with the player. A red flag a little bit, even though they did fire their trainer. I don't know if the medical doctor uh, was relieved of his duties as well. I believe he's still on the team. Other news, uh, Marching Borchen Gortat, I've heard from around the way that he has broken up with his girlfriend. So Marching Gortat is in Orlando sending a lot of funny selfies down there training at his home in the Sunshine State. But yes, him and his Polish girlfriend have parted ways. Uh, they basically wanted, they saw different features is what I heard from our Polish correspondent. That's all I got on the Wizards news. Not much really else happening. I'm still looking for a John Wall video of him maybe working out. Otto Porter's got some funny Instagrams, so go check those out. Uh, there's going to be one I'm going to put up for, for this podcast too. What else do we have? Yes, I have a sponsor, Sneakus. Yes, go to Sneakus, S-N-E-K-I-S.com for your DC apparel. Continually support this Wizards Independent Media. 
I got a note from the guy, the guys the other day. Sales are doing well. People are going to their site from my site, from my show. So thank you all that I've bought some things. And for those that have not, please go get some stuff. It helps me, helps the show. At checkout, if you put in Pixel and Roll, you get 10% off. And it is some sweet gear. I was actually at the festival, and a guy came up to me, saw my DC flag hat, and wanted to give me a shout-out. He showed me his DC tattoo. I told him I covered the Wizards, and he said he was a huge fan, and he followed me on Twitter. So whoever that is, hit me back up, because I did not get your name. That is enough of me. This is part two of my conversation with Jake Whitaker. We're going to arrest of all the issues going or surrounding this team, some of the free agent signings, and go in-depth into what we saw at Summer League. Thank you so much for your support. Now, this is me and Jake slicing it up. Tomas Sadoransky, which uh, the other day in the Summer League game, uh, Scott Brooks, uh, he butchered his name. I think he said Tomas Sado. I don't know. He butchered his name. All I know is like Scott Brooks doesn't know the name of Tomas Sadoransky. Side note, uh, he did talk about him in glowing terms like we did. We've been waiting. Uh, I've been, I've been you know, hammering the organization about this pick because I wanted Drake Crowder or Jeremiah Green. At the time, I was yelling on Twitter. You can find my tweets. I should Twitter search them. They you know, drafted Jan Vesely's check buddy, Tomas Sadoransky. Who I actually liked, and I kind of felt bad over the years that I would hammer him as as Draymond blossomed, as Jay Crowder blossomed to a player that would be beneficial to the Wizards, and and Tomas was was lost in over Europe. He finally comes over. They sign him to a three-year, nine million dollar deal, which was less than what we had rumored. I believe it was rumored for like five million a year. Had a really good season again in Barcelona. Spain, top league. What do you think of this signing? And do you feel like he is the primary backup with Burke? You know, how do you feel about Sadoransky finally coming over? Well, I'm a huge fan of the move. And like you, I was you know, really surprised that they were able to get him for not only as little per year as they got him for, but the years that they got him for. Because you know, now that they got him on a three-year deal that means that they'll have bird rights on him when he becomes a free agent so if he really outperforms expectations then they can go over to cap the cap to keep him and you know i think he's in a position where he could do that my guess right now just kind of based on how they've constructed things so far is that they'll probably have sadaransky as the two like functionally on defense at least but i think he'll be the one that's making things happen on the offensive end on the second like, unit, on the second unit. I guess unit, the right? best way to yeah, on the second unit, yeah. Like he'll kind of be the you know, hardened nest role where he's you know the the two, but he's the main facilitator. And I think that's probably better for Trey Burke. You know, he can just focus on being a scorer and boosting his efficiency that way, and kind of simplifying what he has to do. It's a good. Fit. The, you know, the question is just going to be, can he adjust to the NBA three-point range? Because if not, then it really makes things dicey for the rest of that Because Uber really needs good guy that can kick it out to him. And if teams are collapsing on Sadovsky because he can't shoot, it makes it complicated. And Burke and Nicholson can be streaky at times. And you know, he's only going to give you some something right in paint so we'll see but I, i'm encouraged the fact that the, the real win here is that they got him for the price that they did you know it's going to be his prime years and they're getting him at a really good deal well another player they got for three million dollars a former lsu tiger from gary temple we're not going to go into all the players that that left i've already done that but marcus thornton comes back on one-year deal for three million dollars instant offense off the bench that's all i got 
<laughs> what you got? Has a solid shot that he doesn't like. I don't know if he plays any defense. Got a big draw from Louisiana. Unique personality. It's all, it's all I got, Jake. It's all. It's it. Yeah, that's all about all I got too. You know, it, it's hard to be too critical of a you know a one year deal. You know that team seems to like him. He wasn't super efficient, but he can bail you out uh, from time to time if you need him. And you know they might need him a little bit, depending if Burke struggles out of the gates or Sadoransky. And you got you know another option who can kind of come in and settle things down. Just um, I, hopefully it doesn't turn into one of those things where Brooks just loses faith in those guys completely and Thornton's like the, the bane of our existence as we uh, watch him like rack up twenty five minutes a game. Well, it depends if Scott Brooks. Decides to play him the way the Randy women played him, which was like, yo, just put him in instead of Ubre or Porter, which which would annoy me. What has been the reaction to the free agency moves from your community? Yeah, I mean, I'd say all in all, it's it's relatively positive. You know, once you get past the 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 Durant and Horford, you know, which was kind of always a dream, but I think most people realize that. It wasn't super realistic. Once you get past that, all in all, satisfied. If there's some trepidation with the the Smith deal, especially that's like the one that really seems to be bugging people the most. There's some concern with the Burke deal, but all in all, uh, fairly satisfied. That's just a matter of uh, you know figuring out how the big man rotation is going to work out. But um, I'd say if you polled everyone, I'd say probably a B, B to B minus. B minus. Now, so when they signed Yamahimi to $60 million contract, the biggest free agency move that the Wizards have in the offseason, they don't really have a press conference. He showed up on a... I mean, the Wizards did some stuff with him and the place, but there was not a... I was like, hold on. So the, the biggest free agency sign of the offseason, we don't have a legitimate press conference. I, you're not inviting me down to interview this guy. Instead, we have like a conference call, which which actually I thought was annoying personally. I'm sorry, Ted. It's not a it's not the arena ball. The initial reaction is, will Gortat be traded? And what I've heard from people, the people I've talked to within the organization is no. The Gortat is not going to be traded. I talked to... You know, my Polish correspondent, what he've heard what he's heard from his Polish people, they've told Gortat that no, he's not gonna be traded. So that's what I'm hearing. Whether that's true or not or smokescreen, who knows? But what is your sense of Gortat? Because it seems like it would make sense to trade Gortat. I don't know his value. How much do you think Gortat will be traded and how much do you think he should be traded, I guess? I don't think he will. You know, one of the things that I've tried to, you know, keep in perspective with this is Injuries? Gortat signed. Yeah, you know, injuries are a part of it, but also Gortat signed for a bigger part of the cap than Mahimi did, you know, relative to when they signed. When you look at it last year, Gortat wasn't the highest paid center on his team either. Yes, no, no. So, you know, it's, it's something that he's not unfamiliar with. And I think it's something that because they don't have, you know, a max guy at that position, it's you know, it's it's a little easier to justify paying two guys who are kind of acceptable starter level at that position. So it's something that could get to be more of a situation down the road in a year or two. I don't think we're going to see Gortat, Mahimi, and Smith together all for all the next three years. I think at some point Washington will have to move someone to accomplish whatever goal they're trying to move towards. But I wouldn't expect anything, at least until the trade deadline, but probably at least not for another 
year or so. I, I, it's not as much of a, a problem, I think, as it as it seems. It, it might be more of a problem if Otto Porter doesn't take the next step forward the next year, and then you have a wing depth issue. But for now, I, I think it's fine. Good answer. Well, let's talk to John Wall. So John Wall was at the Summer League out of Vegas. He was on ABA TV during their second game. and gave a really great interview. I transcribed it. Shout out to Dan Steiberg. Shout out to Jake Whitaker, uh, who transcribes these interviews because it was awful. I hate transcribing. I literally had to like rewind my TV on my DVR a million times. It was terrible. But John Wall, very insightful. Gives zero fucks, tells you what's up. He gave a lot of interesting quotes. I want to start with this one. They asked him about Kevin Durant. They asked him not, not about Kevin Durant immediately. They asked him about middle of the interview. And he says about Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Quote, John Wall, that is what the new NBA is now. Guys want to get rings and get themselves a better chance. He made a decision that makes him happy. I think a lot of people don't respect that. You love the game and you play it to be happy, not to be sad or frustrated. If he is happy and comfortable in that situation, then you have to respect that. LeBron did the same thing to make him happy and figure things out. Maybe he can figure things out to win a championship on another level and then go back to wherever he wants to go. Hashtag KDDC. I think it is great for the game of basketball. It's going to be exciting to see those guys mesh together. Uh, Jake, where do you want to go with this quote? Because I have a lot to say. I want you to go first. Part of it is, I think, Wall, he's probably sick of talking about the question, so he's yes. probably kind of, he's got a canned response to it in some senses, and, you know, he doesn't want to say anything that'll rock the boat. Yeah, at the same time, John Wall is a free agent in three years, and so, you know, I, I don't think he would want to say anything about you know, Durant not wanting to be a competitor and not follow his heart when, you know, he's going to be pressed with that same decision here uh, in the not-too-distant future. My takeaway immediately was the whole fun part. He mentioned fun twice. He mentioned fun about LeBron. I don't know if he was talking about LeBron going to Miami or going back to Cleveland, probably both. But to me, it was, are you not having fun here, dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like maybe I was reading too much through the lines, but it was almost like, wow, that fun, the fun part that he mentioned several times was, wow, are you not having fun with this group, with this ownership, with this management? And the next time you got a decision that Kevin Durant has, that you will have a chance to peace out because you want to have fun somewhere else? Yeah. yeah it's, um, am I, am I, read, am I reading too much? Am I reading too much? I, yes and no. I mean, I don't think it's something that John Wall is probably consciously thinking right now, oh, I'm not having fun. I mean, he'll, he'll definitely tell you this year wasn't fun and that there were things he didn't like about it. But I, I'm not sure he's gotten to the point where he's thinking, it's not fun here, I want to be somewhere else. But at the same time, yeah, Washington needs to think about how do we make it more fun for John Wall? Because if not, he's going to look to have fun somewhere else. You will pay money to have fun with what you spend most of your life doing and you know if John Wall decides in a couple of years that he'd rather leave that fifth year on the table or whatever you know perks the CBA tries to do to you know bust up super teams Wall's gonna still have a decision of you know do I want to stay in Washington or do I want to try to find a better work environment if it's not fun in Washington he's totally at liberty to do that. So John Wall was asked about the disappointing season and he said, quote, I told all the guys, I don't care about individual accolades. I care about making the playoffs, giving it a run. You never know what can happen. Injuries can happen. 
you can just have a hot run. You see what happened with the Cavs. They were down 3-1 to Golden State. Those guys found a rhythm and won it. Some, something I want my team to do is try to get better. I think we added some great pieces. I still think we need one more piece. Hopefully we can get it. If not, we got to go out there and we got to do with the pieces we have. They ask him what the piece was. He goes, in the Eastern Conference, you got to have three or, f- three or four three men, wings. You got to be able to defend LeBron. I know you're not going to be able to stop him. You just need different bodies. Try to wear him down, get him in foul trouble, and have multiple guys to guard him. That's what we really need to go against him and compete. So John Wall mentions a missing piece of a wing. Currently, the wings are Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Marcus Thornton's not really wing, and... Kelly Oubre, who is the missing piece that he's talking about? I've looked at free agency. I don't really see it unless it's a trade of trading draft picks or Oubre or Porter probably are the only ones that you really can trade at this point. Maybe Markeith. What was your thoughts on that comment about him? I don't think he's wrong about needing another body to defend LeBron, especially if you want to win in the Eastern Conference. But I don't really see it out there for the Wizards to really acquire unless they make some major move, which I suspect that they're going to do at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think part of it is he kind of kind of a cop out because if if you just look at the depth chart, you can look at you know small forward and be like, oh, they only have two players. I'll just say that they could use depth there, and then you know you're you're, you're saying stuff without saying stuff you know, in one sense. But yeah, I mean you look at all the teams that have taken down LeBron over the years, they've always had incredible depth at that position. They've always had a bunch of guys that they could rotate in and out to guard LeBron because, you know, he just such a physical burden. You know, you saw how he broke down Andre Iguodala at the end of that series when he was really the only guy guarding him. So yeah, they need that. And I mean, I think just with the way things are shaping out, I think it's probably going to be Alan Anderson coming back as uh, disappointing as that might sound to some like I just I, I think if you trade Markeith that's a you know lateral move and then you just have depth issues with power forward that you need to fix and you don't have money to do. giving up an Uber and port right now seems I mean, self-defeating it, it, right yeah and so it, it, I, I assume they're going to try to get you know, some kind of veteran guy in there, you know, who's just got some muscle and just wants to be that guy, whether it's Anderson or someone like him. But, uh, yeah. Well, well, Jake, I, well, Jake, I, I, Jake, well, Jake, I do spend time on bulletsforever.com, and I was in your message comment section, I believe maybe on the piece of your John Wall comments that I think you wrote up the same thing that I'm talking about. And Rudy Gay is the name that came up a lot from your commenters on your site. I don't know who the Wizards would have to give up to get Rudy Gay. Probably nothing I would want to give up. And I don't even know if he'd be a good fit, but that's the name of a big piece that they were mentioning. I don't know if he's a good fit. How about yourself? Yeah. He he would be fun in transition, and he would give the Wizards a guy. Local guy, Baltimore guy. Baltimore guy too. I mean, somewhat local. Yeah, the the, the hometown small forward everyone wanted this summer. Yes, Rudy yes, yes, Rudy. <laughs> but the plan, the plan works. The plan works. works. The plan works, Jake. <laughs> yes, exactly. If there was a way the Wizards could take a flyer on Rudy Gay, that would be nice. But I mean, just looking through the trade machine, I think the only way it would work is if you traded Gortat for him straight up. And then I just think, you know, then you're suppressing Otto, you're suppressing Ubre, and you know, I think ultimately you're you're losing production just to fill a positional need. And I, I think there's probably better ways to do that than a Gortat for Rudy Gay trade. They asked John Wall about Bradley Beal's max contract Bradley Beal the seventh highest contract in NBA history maybe it's maybe it's lower now but it was at the time the funny 
thing was last year. He was complaining about not getting it, his contract. I said, be patient. If you wait, you will end up getting more money. And then he got more money. Kind of funny that Bradley Beal thought he was going to get more money at the time, even though we all had different opinions of that. It's John Wall being candid, you know, talking about his boy. I think it's not so much about his comments about the contract, which I don't really think that those are any revealing, per se, as what we thought. But I guess this is a segue into Bradley Beal getting the max, which we're now an hour into this podcast. We have not mentioned that the biggest money the Wizards have set, has spent in this offseason was on keeping Bow Bow Big Panda Bradley Beal's back. Your thoughts on that move? I mean, it's, it's something, you know, in the same sense that I was kind of resigned to the fact that Katie wasn't coming months ago, I was kind of resigned to the fact that the Wizards were going to give Beal a five year max, just kind of inevitably, because. If Bradley Beal isn't a max player for the Wizards, the rebuild's just completely shot anyway. So they have to give it to him almost just to justify the whole rebuild itself. Production-wise, he hasn't gotten to that point where he's earned a max contract. But, you know, you don't get paid based on what you've done. You get paid for what you're expected to do in the future. You know, there's just no one out there that would have been able to have the potential to match what Beal could have brought for the next five years for what they got. And so it's a risk, but I'd rather take the risk on a 23-year-old. What's the the alternatives, though? Like, the alternatives were just as bad. Worse, right? Exactly. Let him walk. Yeah, I mean... Let let him go get matched. Like, piss off his camp. Piss off him. Like trade him, but who we can't really trade him gets difficult. You know, I I didn't. I felt like unfortunately it seemed like that was the only way to maximize the talent you have. And yes, it's a roll of the dice, but the opposite is to give give up on him. Which then he goes balls out for another team, and then now me and you are having podcasts forever about how the fucking Wizards did it again with Chris Webber and Bradley Beal. Exactly. It's better to take this that you know and you understand and then you know. And, okay. you know, they know what they're dealing with. He's a, you know, a 60-game-a-year player every season. You win for it, and it's the right risk to take. Uh, one more quote from John Wall. They asked him about Otto Porter. He goes, about Otto Porter's maturation, he goes, just be confident. At the beginning of the season, he lost confidence. He said that he was mentally and physically tired. I'm like... You're only 20 games in. You worked this hard in the summer to get a starting spot. you got to take advantage of it. I think one thing that he has to really get stronger. Early in the season, we played LeBron, KD, and Carmelo in a week span. It wore him down. Just imagine what I got to do on a nightly basis to the point guard position in the NBA. they got a lot of young, talented guards coming in this year. Otto, worn down after 20 games. I know this is going to get buried and all the news is happening to the Wizards, but to me, if that was... That quote was a different time in the in the year. We'd probably be writing a lot of blog posts about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, um, I mean, uh, not shocked just because you know when you looked at how the star wing players in the NBA did, they were you know they basically all had career nights or at least season highs against them. Whether it's you know Paul George or LeBron or Carmelo or Harden and you know, all those guys, and you know Porter was the guy that Washington really needed to be their best perimeter defender, and he really wasn't that for most of the year. You know, he still grew and developed in a lot of ways, but to really get the most out of him, 
they really need him to be their top defender to take that, you know, Ariza role going into next season. And, you know, I, I think sometimes the whole strength thing gets overblown because, you know, while he's not the bulkiest guy, I think he knows how to use his strength well at times, if that makes sense. You know, to kind of create the right leverage. But, yeah, he still definitely needs to add some bulk to, you know, take it to the next level. But if he can't develop the right anticipation and quickness for moves, it really doesn't matter how strong he is if they're blown by him. Well, I saw a good video of him today with him and Oladipo working out in the Bahamas. I don't know how much he looked stronger but he looks a little bit bigger. He is a he does he's not on uh, he's not on Twitter, but he is on Instagram. You have to request him. He has some funny photos that I'm going to put up, and it's a big year for Otto. So it was good to see him working out, which you know obviously everyone needs to work out, and they're all working out. They're NBA players, and John Wall alludes to that later on. You know he is going through knee rehab. That's another another talking point that gets lost in this that John Wall is is recovering from major yeah. surgery and we've gave max deal to a player that can't play 70 games, but I don't want to go. I don't want to give the so wizards aspect of this. Let's focus on auto. And the thing is, is that all the players like Dudley temple wall, Beal, like Gooden, like anyone you talk to, when you talk about the future, or this team, like they always mention auto and they always say good things about him. Like they always see something in him. So that makes me encouraging. Like, it's not even me saying it. It's just me even like, you know, hey, what do you think this next this team needs to, you know, make the next step? Or what do you see for the future of the Wizards? And they always mention Otto. I mean, obviously they mention Brad and John because of the franchise, the face of it. But they always mention him, almost more so than Kelly. They mention Kelly a little bit. But they must see something in Otto that they're not just shooting the shit. Like, I'm not being like, what do you think of Otto? They answer it. I'll just be like, hey, what do you think of the future of this team? Like, la la. And they always just bring him up without me mentioning him. To me, I feel like that's a positive sign. So there must be something in Otto that they see. His instincts in basketball, which are, you know, high basketball IQ, that, you know, he has been able to shoot, shoot the three. It, it, you know, it is confidence. John Wall mentioned the confidence. But I feel like there is something in Otto. Like, does he have the next step, the next leap? Because as much as we're going to focus on Brad and Brad and John, you know, making an accept for this team, and, and hopefully these pieces work out, Otto is probably really the wild card for this team next season. Do you, f- do you feel the same? Yeah, yeah. I feel like kind of the transition of, you know, where Beal was kind of the X factor last year going into his, you know, restricted free agency and trying to prove his worth. Now it's Otto's turn. He has to show that, you know, he can be um, a valuable starting small forward and you know really add value to this team because with the way the wizards are set up now they're pretty much capped out for now you know for the next three years the rest of the growth for this team is going to be internal the one that really has the most potential for growth at this point is Otto. you know he really needs to you know i i think offensively he really came along there at the end of the year, his three-point shot really started falling, and Dudley he felt a little more comfortable. Now it's just no, yeah. No. I, I think I want to say after the All-Star break, it was like forty percent ish range for him. So yeah, that was a big step. I think now it's just a matter of fundamentally, Otto Porter's a good defender. Now it's just a matter of kind of figuring out those little ticks little tips and tricks that seasoned veterans use to kind of keep players from getting to their spots and getting comfortable. 
which I think was an issue for him last year. I wanted to read an iTunes comment. Yes, you can go on iTunes and comment. I suppose you use stars. It'll help me get up into the iTunes thing. I don't know. Who knows? Do it. Subscribe. Download it. Help me out. But this is from Palaturation Nation Station from his comment. It's kind of funny. Covering, let alone being a fan of the Wizards. Oh, by the way, give me all the stars. So thanks, Palaturation Nation Station. Covering, let alone being a fan of the Wizards, is exhausting and energy depriving. I can only imagine the guys that do this for a living. I do not do it for a living, but that's why I have a sponsor. (laughs) Because I'm trying. But my blogger, Wizards blogger buddy, I'm convinced, are the best in the game and staying true to the DMV, but also understanding that there's a world outside of Chocolate City. I love the Wizards. Hell, so cried so hard when Paul Pierce hit game winner, my heart almost exploded. I'm kind of low-key, kind of messed up. But that's when the best content comes out. So shout out to Agent Zero. Whenever I need my feelings about the Wizards to be consolidated, I always check up with Andrew Sharp. Truth about it. What's up, Kyle? Jake Whitaker. So thanks for all the people involved with that because they allow me to believe that I'm not completely crazy for wasting my time and money and life on this team because it's so worth it if we end up getting Mr. Kevin Durant. Thanks for that comment. Obviously, that was a, a while back. I really appreciate it. So yes, go comment and back to the show with Mr. Jake Whitaker. What is his contract status? I know you've written about this on Bulls Forever, but what is, give me the analysis of what maybe the team has to do. I know it's similar to Bradley last year, but obviously different because Otto has an average 20, 20 a game in the playoffs the way Bradley has. What are the options of the organization? What are the options from Otto's camp and, you know, from, from all angles? When you look at, you know, his cap hold next summer it's it's going to be about the same as Beals it's about like 15 million so if if Washington could somehow get him to sign an extension that starts out at under 15 million then they would actually create a little smidgen of cap space next summer but I think with the way guys like Karras and Barnes got paid this summer and Chandler Parsons. You know, there's definitely a premium for guys who can shoot the three, um, defend well, and in Otto's case, still young, good IQ. Like a prime for so three. I, prime I mean, I think like, three be, like 3D guys are getting paid, right? So if Otto can show that, then maybe he has a big payout. Exactly. Yeah, and so it's, it's just a matter of can the Wizards find a price this summer as like an early extension that you know makes sense for both sides and and my guess is well, what would that be? What would that be? What would that be? I think David Falk's agent. You know, fuck David Falk. What, 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 what would that be? Right. Think? It, it, like, that's, that's where, where's the where's the sweet spot? You believe? Well, last year Harrison Barnes turned down four years, sixty four million, and he wound up getting a four year max. Yes. So I think honestly, probably to get um, Jesus, Barnes, now, I mean, every, get everyone just shut really up. Everyone just shut not, off the podcast right now. Like everyone just, everyone just like literally is done. But keep going. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, and I mean, I think if you put a, they understand that they probably won't get a max, even if Otto really shows out, just because it's you know a much different situation. Yeah, I mean, I think it would probably take at least. 17, 18 million a year to really get them to think about not going into restricted free agency next summer. But really, I mean, the good news is still whatever happens, the Wizards can still, still have his rights, right? Uh, match, you know, whatever off gets. And, you know, with the way everything's set up, 
it, it doesn't really hurt them because they're already kind of committed to the core they have. If they can get them to talk, and it, it would be in their best interest to at least try to lock him up early because I think his value only goes up next summer. That's great stuff, Jake. Uh, the next topic, the last topic we have is to talk about Ted Leonsis' latest Ted's Take post, but we have been talking for a long time. You got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. I will probably go off for a whole hour on this blog post, so I'm gonna have to have you on. Maybe in the this blog post is an evergreen blog post; it doesn't go away. So we have to have you on at a later point to go onto this because, like, there's no way I can talk about this in five to ten minutes because I'll go on forever. So let's just let's end this with uh, Gary Neal takes. No, 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 we're not gonna talk about Gary Neal. Like whatever, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not gonna talk about summer league. Uh, as by the time this is going to be posted, the Wizards probably be doing some more things here in Summer League. I don't know how that will really change our opinions. Probably not too much. What has been your take of these first three games? As we sit, the Wizards are two and one. They're about to play. Who are they playing, Jake? Who's the next game? Uh, they will be playing the Atlanta Hawks, who they lost again? to um, on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah, playing the Hawks again, Mister Mister Jake Whitaker, the expert of Summer League uh, tournament brackets. Uh, I don't know if he has a bracket pool. Uh, that would be very... Uh, I would probably wonder if you need to go to Gambling Anonymous if he does have a Summer League bracket pool. But, Jake, what has been your take of what you've seen of this Summer League? I had Adam Rubin on on the last uh, couple of shows ago with me, and he's out there in Vegas. And, and I actually brought your name up. I, I mentioned me and, me and your comments about how this summer league is similar, eerily similar to last year. Hey, Kelly Ray can't shoot, making some plays. Aaron White struggling, making a few plays. The rest of them, hey, you might find a dive in the rough, but nothing is really moving the needle. Is that how you see it as well still? Yeah, I, it's just something that I think Kelly Oubre has kind of cemented that, well, I think he, he kind of tamped down like the overblown expectations that I think developed over the year when Randy Whitman wasn't playing him. And you know, sometimes I think when a player is getting benched and they're young, um, we naturally tend to assume that they're much better than they are. And so, you know, over the the year, Kelly Oubre kind of turned into the next James Harden somehow. <laughs> and, you know, I think the summer league is just a, you know, a reminder, you know, it's not quite that tried comparing him to, you know, I think a more realistic projection is someone like Matt Barnes or Danny Green, and some people flipped out about that, they didn't like that comparison, but it's it's realistic. He's going to be probably a 3 and D guy. Well, he hasn't shown, a, he hasn't shown ability to, to beat him off the dribble, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's long, yeah, he's athletic, something. he can do things in transition, he can shoot the three, he can finish down low against people not as athletic than him, but he has not shown the ability to beat anyone off the dribble, definitely of NBA caliber. Right. And that's something, you know, I think those skills that he has are great when someone's trying to close him out on a catch-and-shoot, and then he can just blow by them and get to the rim. That's a great skill. He's not someone that you really want running 15 pick-and-rolls a game like he's doing in summer league just because there aren't any better options. You know, I, I think it's, you know, it's good in some senses that they're putting him in a lot of positions to do stuff that, you know, maybe he won't be doing a lot in the regular season, but it helps broaden his skill set because, you know, as much as we like try to get excited about, Ooh, you know, the wizards might win the summer league tournament. That's not the point. The point is to make the, the young players better. And so if you run a bunch of, 
Ubre offense through Ubre, and he's not good at it. But it, he develops from it and gets better for next season. That's the ultimate win. It just goes to show that I, I still think the real future for him is as a three and D guy because it, it minimizes some of his dribbling issues and definitely his passing issues. Um, although he has gotten a little bit better at that this summer league. I, you know, he's not gonna you know be the next John Wall, but he's he's getting a little better this year and I think that'll help them be a little bit more diverse as an offensive option next year. Darren White is better than last year, but that's only because he could not have been worse. Last year keep saying good things. Jake, 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 Jake as an Iowa Hawkeye alum. Keep saying good things. I have to cut this cut this off. Talking to a bias, a bias hockey. Let me interrupt. Let me tell you how biased I am. the last fifteen years we have Reggie Evans, Ryan Bowen, and Ricky Davis, and Devin Marble for my college in the last 15 years. Just, just want to let you know. So Aaron White, to me, I have an investment of him to make the team. Does not look good. I'm sorry I interrupted. Give me your unbiased evaluation. <laughs> he, he needs more time. He, he's definitely more comfortable out on the perimeter. His shot hasn't been falling but at least he looks comfortable taking it which is an upgrade from last year where obviously they want him to be more of a stretch four guy and i don't think iowa really developed him to do that but at least now you can kind of start to see some of the promise there a little bit he's still a ways away but you know like i was telling you offline just because he's not there yet doesn't mean that there isn't promise for the future you know sometimes we lose sight of how long a player development arc can be Ken Bazemore you know just peaked this season at age 27 Jan Mahimi peaked this year at age 29 these things can take time you know the Wizards will have his draft right in perpetuity just keep bringing him to Vegas see what he can build on then how about Jarrell Jarrell Eddy did they make a decision yet on him to my understanding the way it works is tomorrow the guarantee date is the 15th. Okay, we're 13. But it's like, yeah, but he has to clear waivers by the 15th, and the waivers take 48 hours. So the fact that they haven't waived him yet, or at least it hasn't been reported that they waived him yet, that tells me that he's probably on the How bizarre would it be if the, Wizards, if the Wizards make a long run in Summer League? And then they cut him, and then he can't play? Is, is, that, is that a scenario that could happen? If the, if the Wizards would make some long well, run in well, the tournament? Like, it's really bizarre, right? Yeah, well, I, I think to my understanding, basically, they would have had to waive him already Tuesday night. Oh, okay. So, thanks for hitting the game winner. Thanks for doing so well. You're gone? You're you cut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that I think he was really in any jeopardy of losing his spot. I think it would have had to just, they would have had to have things line up perfectly in free agency where they would have had to clear his spot. Yeah, I, I think he's done a, a solid job. His numbers aren't quite as good as they were last year when he was playing with San Antonio, but I think that's just a matter of, you know, the Spurs running, you know, a crisper system that, you know, creates better three-point opportunities. You know, he's not getting the same looks and kickouts from Kelly Oubre and E.J. Cooper uh, this summer. But the the good thing is is that he's showing he can do more than just be a three-point shooter this summer, and I think that's really the, the step the Wizards needed him to take to show he could have a roster spot. Well, to, to all, me, all good. To, to, to me, it's okay to pick up his, I think it's $800,000 and then you can cut him. This, this, I mean, I know the, the wizards, you know, it's kind of like going over the luxury tax. I don't see that happening. 
Not that they're cheap, but they're frugal. Hey, bring him back. He seems to be a good locker guy. And then, then cut him if you don't see it. The last question I have of this Monster Podcast is, is there any players that you've seen at all, you know, aside from the three players, you know, with Wizards ties, you know, White, Ubre, and Eddie on the current team, you know, any of these free agents that you've seen out there that maybe have a shot to maybe bring into camp or possibly ever making this roster? I know people have been excited about Michael Eric. I've, I've liked what I've seen out of him. The thing is, one, the, the center issue, which we've already talked about, they don't need a fourth one right now. And he's 28. So 28, he's, yes. He's, yeah, so he's exactly what you get at this point. He's not going to you know, take another step forward. But, you know, he's been all right. Um, I like what Daniel Chefu's done so far. Um, he's still a little ways away, but I think he could be, uh, you know, kind of like a Jan Mahimi light. So, you know, maybe they kind of work out some kind of wink-wink agreement to um, get him a, a spot in Europe this year and then bring him back. People made a big deal of him, you know, technically getting a, a three-year contract, but, you know, it's only guaranteed for like $50,000. Yeah, which is nothing. Which is basically just a, yeah, it's just a cute way to get them into training camp. Kind of at least kind of showing that you're invested in a way is a way of almost like having a draft pick without having a draft pick. So, you know, I I, I think oh, we hate draft picks. Jake, they, we hate draft picks. We don't need yes. those. Yes, we oh, don't I like those. <laughs> He's kind of a, a quasi draft pick, kind of like Jaleel Roberts was there for a couple of years until... Chefu kind of supplanted him. I like what I've seen from him so far. I'm a little biased, but I, I really do like uh, what Sean, da- Sean Dawson has brought. Yes. The guy from Israel, right? Yes. A little raw, nice, athletic. Balance, nice athleticism. Yeah, yeah. That definitely needs to work out some rawness, especially um, playmaking-wise. You know, there's some tools there to work with. I wouldn't be shocked if they also kind of try to work out some kind of a wink-wink European development deal until they can Maybe get their D League up and rolling, but you know, especially for someone like Dawson, you know, he's not going to come stateside to play for less money than he would make, you know, over in Israel. Yeah, you know, I think there's some promising options emerged as like guys who could be roster spots down the road. As far as players that are, could actually make the team next year, I think it's just Kelly Oubre. But Daniel House, I, I really like Daniel House. He's 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 been my summer league crush. I interviewed him. He's got some blonde hair. Show some athleticism, ability to hit the three, uh, get to the rim. His defense, I, I, f- I feel like, has been you know adequate. I, I've been a little bit disappointed in McClellan from from Miami. I expected more. A little bit is the structure of summer league. You know, limited playing time within the system. He hasn't really got a chance to show out. But I've really liked that scene at Daniel House. W- what are your thoughts of him? I like him conceptually. He, he kind of reminds me of Ron Artest in a way, just like his kind of the way he dribbles and the way Compete. he shoots. And but yeah, he, he, you know, he just and he's kind of got that like edge about him that's good when you harness it correctly. Like the thing is, like his three point shooting has been great so far, but you know when you compare it with his college shooting numbers, like I'm thinking that's he's due for like a, a one for eight game here in the next uh, day or so probably to kind of even that out but he's definitely got an interesting mix of skills and I think he's another guy that if you know they can get him on some kind of a development path you know he could be a, a useful guy in a couple of years if they can you know work some of the, the rough edges out I agree well Jake 
Thank you so much. It's been a long time. I, I have all these notes on a Ted's Take post that begins with a very productive offseason, My Perspective by Ted Leonsens. It's like catnip. Like, I want to go into it, but it is not going to be a short one. And I do not want to keep you on for another hour because there's no way I can talk about this. So I'm going to have to have you back on. This post is not, I mean, I printed it out, so he maybe can delete it from Ted's Take. We'll have to go back into Mr. Ted Leonsis about the offseason because it's going to be a long August of nothing to talk about. So maybe I'll have you back on to, to discuss yes. uh, his his opinions of this offseason. Tell the people what, what he got going on at Bulls Forever. What, what's, what's happening on your site? Well, for the rest of the week, it's just going to be uh, summer league coverage for as long as they're in this uh, tournament thing. Honestly, I'm not sure <laughs> we will break down the – signings here um we're, we've been uh kind of setting some stuff up with some of the other uh sb nation sites uh for the teams that you know trey burke used to play for nicholson and smith so we'll have stuff on that coming up and then uh you know probably some kind of a theme week at some point during august that's the stuff a responsible editor was planned out and i'm definitely not that so uh, we'll figure it out as we go <laughs> perfect It'll be great do you have any summer trip plans? You, you and the daughter and the wife anywhere? Uh, not yet. Uh, we still gotta kind of figure out work schedule stuff. Somewhere with a theme park, probably, and animals. Kings of Minion. Kings of, like Kings of Minion, or is that too, is that too big? Too big. Uh, well, she she did Bush Gardens, but Bush Gardens, yeah. Kings of Minion. The thing with Kings of Minion is they have like they have a lot of like mascot stuff there, and for some reason, Bree is terrified of <laughs> Your like, mascot. Terrified. <laughs> like, like she was in a stroller once, and this, like, giant Lucy thing at Bush Gardens came up to, like, wave to her, and she, like, just started bawling. And for some reason, that was a very traumatic experience for her, so we've had to kind of adjust a lot of uh, kids-friendly things, because, like, she won't say hi to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, she won't just, just any large um, cartoon character in a suit. She she won't have anything to do with him. So G Wiz is out, G Wiz is done, G Wiz has no chance. Yeah. G Wiz is off the list. <laughs> yeah. Well thanks Jake. I really appreciate your time, man. It's been great. No problem. Thank you. Hey everyone, uh definitely continually support all what you do. Go check out Bulls Forever. Uh unfortunately me and Jake spent too much time on this basketball team. Hopefully you enjoyed all our insight. He's you know, he's been one of the best guests I've ever had. Uh, just speaking with accolades. Go to sneakers.com, hook, hook them up, support this this uh, independent media, and have a great rest of the summer. And as always, go Wiz. Peace out. Uh-uh, fuck that. Eight doobies to the face. Fuck that. Twelve bottles in the case, nigga. Fuck that. Two pills in the halfway, nigga. Fuck that. Got a high tolerance when your age don't exist. Man, I swear my nigga tripping off that shit again. Pick him up, then I sit him in cold water. Then I order someone to bring him Vicodin. Hope they take the pain away from the feeling that he feel today. You know when you're part of Section 8 and you feel like no one can relate. Cause you are, you are. Alona, Lona, marijuana. End office make you stronger, stronger. I'm in the house party, tripping up my general. She's sipping cough syrup like it's water Never no pancakes in the kitchen Man, not one of our lives is caught up in the daily superstition That the world is but the end Gives a fuck, we never do listen Unless it comes with an 808 A melody and some hoes Playstation and some drink Technology bought my soul Looking around and all I see is a big crowd That's product of me and it probably relatives Relevant for a rebel string Yep, the president is black She black, 
Fuck a label on her back, but that tap is like so she take it straight to the head. Then she look at me, she got ADHD. Hey, doobie, sit the face. Fuck that. Twelve bottles in the case, nigga. Fuck that. Two pills in the halfway, nigga. Fuck that. Got a high tolerance when your age don't exist. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. She started feeling the stuff like no one else in this apartment. Beg your pardon. Oh, I rap, baby. How old are you? She say 22. I say 23. Okay, then we all crack, babies. Damn, why you say that? She said, where my drink at? I'ma tell you later. Just tell your neighbors and the police relax. I stood up, shut the blind, closed the screen. Jungle trying, made to the back where she reside. Then she said, right between the lines. Yep. Hope that I get close enough when the lights turn down. And the fact that she just might open up when a new foe start to drown. Everybody and I know the both of us really deep in the mood now. It's nothing we can do now. Somebody walk in with a pound. Oh, that Bay Area Kush. She looked at me, then looked. Had it, then she grabbed it, then she said, Get it understood. You know what? We crack babies because we born in the 80s. That ADHD crazy. Hey, doobie, set the face. Fuck God. Twelve bottles in the case, nigga. Fuck God. Two pills in the halfway, nigga. Fuck God. Got a high tolerance when your age don't exist. Like, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh.